You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A big deadline is coming up for the Chicago Bears to negotiate with Allen Robinson. And all Ryan Pace needs to do for sure is just not screw this up. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today's episode brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On the show today, we continue our Bears training camp previews with the wide receivers, timing up nicely with the franchise tag deadline for Allen Robinson. So we'll go through some of the different negotiating dynamics and why the Bears just need to avoid some of the same mistakes they made going through this last year with Robinson where things blew up and almost went beyond repair. Even if they're not going to be able to get to a long-term deal right this second, let's just make sure that we keep things more or less friendly in that regard. We'll also try and figure out what expectations are realistic for Darnell Mooney entering his second year, all of the hype about a potential breakout, but there's a real question here of just how much opportunity is there going to be in this Bears offense, and how different is that going to be, say, from last year, besides, of course, the obvious quarterback changes, and then we'll try and figure out who's wide receiver three, and maybe who's wide receiver four, if Anthony Miller and Javon Wims are even going to be here this season, if it's just Marquise Goodwin or Bust, or if Riley Ridley could come out of nowhere. I mean, we'll kind of go through the cast of characters and figure out who might plug in where. But we start with Allen Robinson and his upcoming contract negotiation deadline. I believe it is July 15th, that is Thursday afternoon, I think 4 p.m. Eastern time, is sort of the negotiated but artificial deadline that the league imposes on franchise tag negotiations. So you you had this whole time for a player like Allen Robinson that you franchise tagged to work out a potential long-term contract. After that Thursday afternoon deadline, there's no more negotiating a long-term contract between the team and the player. You can still trade that player to another team, which then I believe is able to offer that long-term contract extension, similar to what the Bears did to trade for Khalil Mack a few years ago and give him that big contract. That was all sort of a a negotiating issue and and what that deal was going to look like. That obviously becomes more challenging when when you're on a one-year deal and it's a big cap hit and teams are hesitant to trade for a player and then pay that player after just having given up picks for permission to pay him when he could just become a free agent. You could pay him anyway without having to give up draft picks to get him. But all of this is kind of a precarious negotiations for Robinson, and the Bears haven't necessarily handled this the best in recent years. They've had more than a year, like more than 12 calendar months, to go back and forth with Robinson on these negotiations. It really started probably two marches ago. Now, if we think about it, how long he's been interested in having this kind of a long-term deal, not really able to get things done up to this point. Clearly, the Bears and Robinson far apart on numbers, and there's not really any expectation around the team or the player that some kind of deal is going to get done here. But what I don't want to see happen is what happened last year in September. 
This was really well reported by Tyler Dunn. He does go long football. It's kind of a NFL newsletter. You've heard him on this podcast before, and he is fairly is a good relationship with Allen Robinson and Allen Robinson's agent, and they've kind of helped him get some information on that and sort of tell Allen's side of the story when usually we just kind of end up hearing whatever the Bears decide they want to leak. And so last year, right before the regular season started, Robinson, on the last year of his contract, trying to negotiate with the Bears, the Bears hadn't really talked to him much throughout the summer. Talks had kind of died down, weren't really making any progress. Right before the season starts, the Bears come with a lowball offer and say, hey, listen, Allen, you know, last time you were on your your contract year in Jacksonville, that was the year you tore your ACL. And think about all the money you missed out on having come. He was just coming off of a great season, tears the ACL, ends up signing with the Bears on maybe a little bit more of a, a reasonable contract. And so the Bears come to him again on his contract year and say, hey, you could get hurt again. You don't want to risk that, do you? Why don't you take this team-friendly deal for some security now, and then we could all be one big happy family? And Robinson kind of looked around and said, wait a minute, you weren't willing to negotiate with me for the last three, four, however many months before that, and all of a sudden you come to me right before the regular season trying to pressure me and lowball me into taking this deal right before the season. Robinson was not happy. He asked the Bears for a trade. The Bears and Robinson ultimately worked it out. Robinson kept playing for the team, and we go through the offseason the way we have now, but that's what I want to avoid this time around is like the Bears and Robinson, it sounds like by everything we've heard, haven't really been making much progress in negotiations since the franchise tag was signed as far as we know on the outside. And so you can envision a scenario where right as the deadline comes up for the franchise tag signing here on Thursday, Ryan Pace and the Bears can come back with one more team-friendly offer and maybe the same kind of thing like, hey, man, another contract year. You don't want to get hurt. You don't want to miss out on all this money. Why not take our long-term contract extension? And that's what I don't want is to get Alan Robinson to again be like, you're, you're trying to pull this one on me one more time and really get mad and demand a trade. Because I think if you can get through Thursday and just say, you know what, we hit the deadline, we couldn't agree to a deal, we'll play on the franchise tag, I think everything can kind of be relaxed. We can kind of be like, all right, this is for sure the plan and what we're going to go with into this regular season. There's not really an opportunity then for things to break down because there's nothing left to negotiate once you get past this Thursday. And so uh, part of me is just, you know, a little nervous. That's what I mean at the beginning. Like, uh, Ryan Pace just needs to not mess this up. You can stay at your number if you're going to be stubborn about it and read the wide receiver market a certain way and say, we're not going to pay Robinson more than this. I might disagree with that, but I can live with that a lot more than lowballing him and insulting him and really making the situation worse than it is already right now. Because to, to Ryan Pace's credit, he got the wide receiver market correct this past offseason, even though you know Rob, Robinson wanted some more money and thought he might get more money. The Bears didn't think he would be able to get more money and played things right with the way that all the other wide receiver contracts played out. But this upcoming offseason, you've got Devontae Adams set to be a free agent. He's looking for a big contract extension. Chris Godwin also on the, franchi- on the franchise tag with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When those guys get their contracts, it's going to set the market. And we're sort of expecting those guys to get bigger contracts this time around as the salary cap starts to go up. So if they, if they get bigger contracts, Robinson is going to increase his value and maybe potentially price him out of the Bears' price point. And that's what we don't want to see is he is too valuable as a number one receiver. I'm sort of glossing over that point because I'd like to think it's accepted at this point that Robinson is really, really, really good. And then it's really hard to find wide receivers that are that good. I don't think we need to go through just how good Allen Robinson is and why he's worth 
pretty much anything he'd be asking for, right? You're not going to pay him $27 million, but if it's if he wants two or two or three more million a year than you're willing to offer, is that extra two or three million dollars really going to have this huge impact on this team? Or are you better off locking in your number one franchise wide receiver to have that safety blanket and that great weapon there for Justin Fields as you get to develop through along his career? And a great pair for Darnell Mooney, another guy with some higher expectations going into this season. But I'm not sure how high is fair given where things stand in this Bears offense. I think it's a little bit complicated to just say, well, he's going to take this big step in production next season without looking at some of the factors a little bit more closely. We'll look at what kind of targets and opportunities are going to be available for Mooney and how much better we can expect the quarterback play to be right away next on Locked on Bears. We've got a breakout flavor of Built Bars on a limited edition basis. It is Grasshopper Cookie Built Bars, the best flavor of the best tasting protein bars ever. It's the healthy version of a Thin Mint. It's mint on the inside with the 100% real chocolate coating that's on every single flavor of Built Bar. But then for the Grasshopper Cookie flavor, they actually grind up Grasshopper Cookies, you know, the mint chocolate cookies, and sprinkle it onto the bar itself. So it's got this like dusting of cookie on top of the chocolate, on top of the mint, delicious built bar inside. And it's all low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. Looking at the grasshopper cookie flavor in particular, 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only five grams of sugar. And it tastes like a candy bar. I'm telling you, they're really good. I've had, I've had the grasshopper cookie. I've had every flavor of built bar up to this point. And you can't go wrong with any of them. you got to try them for yourself. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Everyone's getting excited about Darnell Mooney in year two, right? It's like, after he had a strong rookie season, we, we immediately sort of jumped to, well, what's he going to do next? What can he do next? What are we going to see from Mooney for his follow-up, this, you know, for his encore, I guess, in, in year two here? And I, even I find myself getting like, caught up in that. Like, yeah, like he was making plays and really evolved as a more well-rounded receiver. Coming out of Tulane, we kind of thought of him as more of like a sideline vertical guy. But this past year, really working the intermediate and shorter areas of the field breaking a lot of tackles after the catch, not just being a before-the-catch speed guy, but elusive with the ball in his hands too. And so you've got yourself a real legitimate, solid, young, number two wide receiver. And we all then want to see more and get bigger and better. And yes, when you bring in new quarterbacks and you feel like that can be a difference maker, it certainly can be. But my immediate first question is how soon will it be? And we talked about this a little bit on last week's podcast about Cole Komet and his potential breakout and these two have some parallels here that we will expound upon in a moment but you're going to start out with Andy Dalton for at least week one (laughs) how many weeks after that we'll see and with Mooney I think a lot of what we want to see is more of that deep ball action more of those explosive plays it seemed like last year there were some limitations on what types of playmaking Mooney was able to do in this offense in part because of the quarterback play, which was also in part affected by the offensive line play, not giving the quarterback enough time for things to develop downfield. It's not purely Trubisky and Foles' fault, but we anticipate that upgrading the quarterback spot will help all your receivers. But I don't know that 
this stage of Andy Dalton's career, and very many of his stages of his career, he's going to be this prolific deep ball passer. He and A.J. Green had some success and, and a great connection throwing some things up there, and that's certainly more the Allen Robinson mold. And, you know, he had Mohamed Sanu and Marvin Jones. I mean, he had some vertical stuff, right? It's not what we think of as purely check down Charlie, although he does a lot of checking down. But we've seen him have some proficiency to throw downfield. But Foles did too. You know, Trubisky had some too. I feel like we're, those are all sort of in the same neighborhood where it's not purely Brian Hoyer, Chase Daniel can't throw deep. It's just limited success here and there when they do. Justin Fields, on the other hand, in college, big-time vertical offense, able to hit guys over the top, but we don't know how soon Justin Fields is going to get on the field, and when he is, how quickly can you ramp up to that level of explosive offense and really put Darnell Mooney in that position to be that potential year-two breakout player, even though we kind of had a, a smaller year one breakup along in there. So I, I'm just not sure yet when the quarterback play will be elevated to the extent of really fully unlocking Mooney. I think all the receivers will have the rising tide raising all boats with quarterback play being more consistent, presumably, but to really take that big step forward for, for Mooney might be 2023, or excuse me, 2022, when Fields is really entrenched and established as that starter. Because I look around the Bears' receiving core right now, and I think of it a little bit from a fantasy football perspective, and I don't like to get too in the fantasy world, but in terms of like production and his, and his receiving yards and the numbers there, there's only so many passes to go around, right? Maybe the Bears will pass, I don't know, are the Bears going to pass a little more this year than last year? You'd like to think they might run the ball a little bit more, maybe pass slightly less, but let's say for argument's sake, pretty much about the same number of passing attempts that can be distributed to all of your receivers Presumably, you know, Allen Robinson's going to try and get about the same amount he did last year. David Montgomery, about the same amount he did last year. You got, you still have Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet in some combination. will probably be around in that order. And then you have to add back in Tariq Cohen's going to need some more carry or more targets in the passing game because he hardly took any last year. Presumably Marquise Goodwin or some of these other receivers might be part of this offense, and they're going to need some targets too. So, when you look at like where the passes are going to come from, you lost Cordell Patterson and Demetrius Harris. I think they combined for like 40-ish targets last season, and you've got some different places to kind of spread those around. Presumably, maybe Anthony Miller will not quite see as many throws if he's going to be around. We'll, we'll get into some of those dynamics here in just a little bit on this podcast. Maybe you take away some of Javon Wims if he's going to be there. You know, there's a little bit of shuffling you can do around, but... You can only produce so much on so few targets. When Allen Robinson is getting, you know, 130 or whatever it is when you include the playoffs, 130 targets, and Mooney ends up with like half, if you, you, know, you want to bump up Mooney's targets, you can take them away from Allen Robinson, or, or who are you going to start taking passes away from other than Anthony Miller and Wims? And then you got to distribute some of those as well to, again, Tariq Cohen, maybe more for Cole Komet, Marquise Goodwin. It's hard to find this huge vacancy in this Bears offense that Darnell Mooney is going to step into and then increase his volume of production as a result. I think there's a little bit of room for him to be more efficient on his targets. I mean, he was, what, 10.3 yards per carry yards per catch last season. Great for a rookie. Absolutely solid, more than what we would have expected from Darnell Mooney as a fifth-round pick. If he's going to be a little bit more explosive, 
you can start bringing that number up if we start talking about breakouts and being a, a real top-tier number two wide receiver. And so I think for, for Mooney in particular, I'm not expecting a huge change in production in total volume and like you know, he's not gonna be a thousand yard receiver maybe he'll bump up 50 or 100 or 150 yards from where he was last year but I think for me I would expect more like higher impact plays in bigger moments you know more explosive in there and just kind of taking it to the next level in that regard in, in showing up when he's really needed to and making that bigger impact even if it's not a bigger volume but maybe the plays just mean a little bit more and squeeze a little bit more out of what we had already seen from Darnell Mooney. I think of that as just being a little bit more realistic about it. I hope that doesn't sound like pessimistic or negative. There's nothing wrong with Mooney. I have all the confidence in the world that he can be uh, great at, at receiver. It's just a, a matter of all the all the surrounding dynamics around him keeping up with his potential and his developmental curve, especially as we try and figure out where some of these other targets are going to go and what this wide receiver depth chart is going to look like after those two. We don't even know who for sure is going to be here, but we'll start to figure out, okay, what should we expect from training camp? What should we be looking for in those opportunities and, and why we haven't seen some of those changes that we might be expecting? Next on Locked On Bears. It's been surprisingly a lot of different moving parts for the Bears at wide receiver this offseason, and nobody knows more about moving parts than our friends at rockauto.com. They're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They've got everything you could possibly need for your vehicle. So stop going into the chain stores and you walk up and you talk to the person behind the computer and they punch it in and then they go look in the back and they ask you a thousand questions and they're kind of inquisitive, like trying to figure out if you know what you're talking about while you're there. And they go look for it and they don't even have it. So they have to order it and send it to your house. Anyway, why go through all the trouble? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car and truck. You just enter your make and model and pull up all the different all the different parts for your vehicles and sort between the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. When you're at the checkout, write the words locked on in their box that says, how did you hear about us? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com The Bears need somebody to step up in this wide receiver three role and it feels like the longer the offseason has gone on the more Marquise Goodwin just seems to be kind of assuming that role or at least the perception is that Marquise Goodwin is assuming that role like I think I don't remember which graphic it was but the team put out a little picture on social media. I don't remember if it was the training camp schedule or the preseason schedule graphic, but it was within the last couple of weeks and it highlighted some players in Bears. You know, they'll just put like in the background, it's a picture of Khalil Mack and it's a picture of David Montgomery like in a little collage. And one of them was Marquise Goodwin, who obviously hasn't played a game in a Bears uniform. And I think at this point, maybe they tried on jerseys, but it might have been a photo, like a Photoshop jersey swap to get him in the Bears gear in his Bears jersey. So, that's usually an indication, not necessarily like Matt Nagy hands that down from above and says, hey, put Marquise Goodwin in our thing, but that the people around the team are observing him as a player worthy of putting him in those graphics in a way that it's not going to be, it's less likely to be embarrassing if he's in a graphic later on and is no longer on the team, right? You think when teams 
You remember when paper calendars were a thing? When, when teams used – and you make you – know, each month is a player, and sometimes you get to the end of the season, and, and one of those players is no longer there, and so you flip up November, and it's a guy who plays for another team or is out of the league, and it's kind of embarrassing, right? I mean, that's why teams are kind of careful about who they put in those, and so the fact that Goodwin is already kind of one of those guys might signal he has some cachet, let's say, already in this Bears offense because there's certainly a wide-open opportunity here. We, we kind of just – Forget about Anthony Miller and Javon Wims and still operating under this assumption, like, are they going to be here week one? That was sort of all the reporting last season was like, Miller expected to be traded or cut from the team this past offseason. Wims kind of in the same boat, and it never happened. We thought maybe on draft day, you know, you package Anthony Miller to trade up in the fifth round or whatever, you know, just kind of dump the contract. It's it's already fully guaranteed, so you don't save anything by cutting him at this point. Same with Javon Wims, but nothing ever materialized. And I suppose there's still time for that to materialize. You know, in training camp, maybe Miller has a good preseason game or something, or another team has an injury at wide receiver and wants to take a flyer on him, or when the 53-man roster cut down comes, you know, some kind of trade a, a conditional seventh-round pick to get first dibs at them as opposed to letting him go through the waivers or just kind of the open free agent market at some point. Like, there's still a lot of untapped potential there. I mean, the guy was, one of what, the Bears' third-leading receiver last season? I mean, he was, or at least third-leader in targets. He was still a part of this offense, even as there was a lot of ups and downs as we kind of went through the notable frustrations. It was certainly a down year from the year before, but 49 catches for 485 yards is not, Nothing, right? We we act like sometimes it feels like we're acting like Miller was just useless. Like just get rid of this guy because he's a bum and we don't want him around. Like no, he's he's still like a receiver that can catch passes and be a part of your offense. Like there shouldn't be this hurry to get rid of him just for the sake of getting rid of him. If you could get a nice return on your trade, if you could get a decent draft pick, sure. Or, you know, or it was part of a bigger trade that he had some real value as a part of. But, like, you don't save any money by cutting him. His salary is really low anyway as a second-round pick. And he can still produce for you. So, as much as we're frustrated by Anthony Miller and you want him to figure it out and you want him to be more consistent for his team, something is better than nothing there because you don't gain anything by having nothing. And he can you can reduce his role and get Marquise Goodwin more snaps and all those different things, but... You don't really gain anything by cutting it unless it's purely like a, a locker room thing where you feel like it's addition by subtraction in that regard. But I don't get the sense that Miller is that big of an issue in that regard. It's just more of like a it's it's more like an irritating, frustrating thing that he's not more into the playbook or not more on time at practice, but he's not actively a distraction in that regard. Same kind of thing with Javon Wims, where it's like, yeah, I mean he he's had some real blunders and you know the punching another player on the other team is really bad and you don't want to excuse that and yes there's there's some things there but it's not like it's been like this consistent he's not getting arrested and charged with all the you know what I mean like he's not he's not causing a lot of like off the field issues in that regard so again there's no rush to get rid of him if you can if the seventh round pick can keep progressing a little bit and be a part of your offense there's value there and there's not really any value in getting rid of him until you know maybe when he becomes a free agent or whatever and that that's a different story but again might as well hold on to him for training camp. And so I'm going to be really curious to see how this wide receiver rotation goes because we've talked a little bit before on this podcast about how there's a clear effort here to add more 
that at that spot this offseason. When you sign Goodwin and Demir Bird and you draft Daz Newsom in the sixth round, he's been kind of non-existent because he suffered a shoulder injury during minicamp. I don't know if it was rookie minicamp or voluntary workouts or mandatory minicamp. I don't remember the exact timeline there, but shoulder injury has kind of kept him out of the spotlight, and I would sort of presume you start to fall behind a little bit as a rookie, and maybe the practice squad is a little bit more likely there for him. But there's there's a lot of bodies there, and, and that doesn't even include Riley Ridley, who is his face is still on the side of the milk carton, you know, missing. Like, it'd be nice to know what, what happened to that fourth-round pick that we all saw it was a pretty solid route runner in college. And, of course, brother of Calvin Ridley maybe brings some unfair expectations, but no one thought he would step in and be a 1,000-yard receiver or anything. We just wanted to see something, and we've seen nothing. And that doesn't mean he's bad. It doesn't mean we haven't seen proof that he's bad, but typically if you're a fourth-round pick and you're good, you will get on the field. And if you're not getting on the field, it's usually an indication there's not very good, you know, when, when Javon Wims is getting all these snaps and Anthony Miller continues to get the snaps even when there's some frustration with how things have gone in that regard. And they sign, you know, DeAndre Carter as a kick returner and he gets some offensive snaps. And these different guys rotate in there and it's been like everybody but Ridley until like late, late in the season and kind of late in games and some garbage time moments. You still got to give him the benefit of the doubt because, I mean, we haven't really seen it, but... It's it's not trending well in that regard. And so it, it's as good of an off-season opportunity for any of them to crack into that rotation. It's totally wide open after Robinson and Mooney. You know, in years past, we kind of thought maybe Miller was pigeonholing himself into one of those roles, and then, and then it's for sure going to be Robinson, Mooney, Miller, and then everybody else competes for four and five. But three is wide open, too. I'm giving it to Marquise Goodwin at this point. For me, Demir Bird feels like kind of that veteran that has some experience, and you're like, oh, there's something there, but never really gets out of training camp. I mean, it's just sort of a feeling I get, but I get like the Victor Cruz vibe. Bird much younger in a different stage of his career, but produced in some bad situations where he was just kind of not last man standing, but right time, right place, and I don't know that this type of a competition in Chicago is going to be right time, right place for Bird. Again, Give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm um, eager to see what he can do, and there's certainly an opportunity there for him to prove that he has he can be more than what we've seen from him previously in his career. But it's going to start coming down to special teams when you get to wide receivers four, five, and six. Anthony Miller not doing a lot of special teams. Javon Wims does some special teams. Marquise Goodwin has done some special teams in the past before he opted out and was injured. And I, I believe Demir Bird as well. So there's some opportunities there for those guys to stick, even on the bottom of the roster, if they're not going to be a bigger part of this Bears offense. But it's going to be fun to see how Matt Nagy gets all those different weapons involved, plus you know the running backs, your tight ends, and, and trying to keep things not over the top for your quarterbacks that are trying to learn things too. You don't, you want to get creative, but you don't want to get too creative and get too many guys mixed in there. And a lot of those number three, four, five, and six receivers is who Justin Fields is going to be throwing to at training camp. So they are going to be in a position to shine. It's going to be fun to watch. I hope you'll keep following along with us right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So subscribe, however you're listening or watching right now, because that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. And I say watching because we're a few weeks into the YouTube channel. So far, so good. Appreciate all the great feedback we've been getting from everybody. Please subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. Like, comment on our videos. It helps us reach more Chicago Bears fans just like you. And all of that makes it so much easier for everyone in this time of the year. It's summer. We're getting to training camp. There's still no real Bears football just yet. But as we get closer and closer, I think the podcast will help 
all of us bear down.